Hi, I'm Nina Bosky, and welcome to Life Bites, where each and every week we'll get you inspired in the areas of life, business, and media. We'll help you dare, dream, do, and be so you can get out of your head, into your soul, in order to tune in and take a bite. This week, we are getting you business inspired. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Bites, Business Inspired. Do I have a special guest for you today in this Business Inspired show? As we're talking about changing, life is all about change. And we're either intentional about it or not so intentional about it. So my guest today is a coach. He's a mediator. He works with businesses all over, not just here in the United States, but all over the world, helping them navigate this space of change from the inside out. So with that said, I'd like to welcome coach and mediator, David Giuliano. Hey, Nina. Hi there. Nice to have you here with us today. Great to be here. Well, you have a new book out. It is called Heal, Grow, Change. What in the world is it about and why do we need to read this book? Ah, well, um, so it's a it's a culmination of the work that I've been doing out in the field. I, you know, I, I've been coaching for about 15 years, but I've been studying what's inside of us pretty much my whole life on my own journey, looking, looking for the answers, uh, trying to, trying to fix the failures, trying to find my way. And, um, and this book is really, um, a journey, um, from, a from two sides that are very dominant in my life from there's a practical side of me. And then there's a spiritual side of me. And what I've realized, um, in change there, there is no straight line. And, you know, things that happen in change, some things happen that are unexplainable. Things happen that are, you know, hey, practical, you know, if you, if you follow this and you do this and you do that, then maybe the change will happen. And and the other part, I think, is um, for people who are trying to change or trying to look or navigating change, um, I just see people struggling to make it stick. And um, And the book is really about, again, looking on the inside and... Uh, and, and understanding more about how we're fighting ourselves, looking at how you can uh, figure out how your unconscious is sort of leading you or misleading you. Um, and, 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 and then I stumbled upon a formula that I just think is really sort of very different than, than other books that I've read out there. And, and that is that um, I discovered that if you, if you can pinpoint the three biggest sort of events or changes in your life, the most impactful ones, and you ask the right questions around those events, basically, it's sort of a shortcut to understanding uh, your script. And and when I mean your script is how you operate, how change happens in your life or doesn't. We we start seeing sort of some things that are like pattern recognition. You start seeing things that that are great. And as you know, Nina, we see these things, you know, all the time on our end, right? It's like, it's, it's like so easy to see. We go, oh, there it is. You know, we yeah. talk to somebody for 10 minutes and and we just see those things happen. But the beautiful part about this process is it's, it's, it's so easy in this way. The clients can see it as long as they're willing to ask the right questions. 
it, so in the in the book, it's yeah. heal, it's grow and change. Are sure. you giving us some of those questions in that book? So, because here's the thing, unless you're seeing a coach to be able to ask you those questions, right? A lot of us don't know what questions to ask. So we just keep yeah. looping and we keep telling ourselves a story yeah. over and over again. <laughs> sure. So, so, so during the editing process, um, you know, I sort of, I got a little criticism um, from the people who were working with me along the way because there's a lot of questions. I mean, and, and so, as you know, Nina, um, it, sometimes we're looking for the answers, but honestly, I think the key to, to, to change and to a lot of what we're, we struggle with, we really sort of need to look at what the right questions are. And, and the book is about asking yourself those questions and sometimes opening yourself up to the, whatever that next question is. So the book has, there are processes in the book all the way through the, the processes can be a little bit difficult. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to make you work if you read the book. Right. And so, but I promise you, if you can answer those questions, you're going to have some answers and you're, you'll, you'll be able to, to know, maybe know yourself in a way that you, that you don't now. So why the title heal, grow, change, and why in that order? Well, for me personally, I struggled with change since I was a kid. And I, you know, I, I write in the book, you know, I, uh, I wanted, you know, I worked for change, you know, my whole life, but I wanted everyone else to change and I didn't want to change myself. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, like the shoemaker with the hole in his shoes, but, but what I realized was that, you know, change, there's so much more to change than just making a decision, you know, when we're in relationship and, you know, we're on that fifth relationship and we're failing. And and it, and it seems like the same reason why or we're attracting the same person and we go on to the next one and w- with the same with the same problem, we, you know, we need to, to stop and take a look at, you know, why? What's going on here? I mean, what am I not seeing about myself? I understand we, you know, the, the, the excuses you've heard a million times, Nina, is I just keep picking the wrong person. I just keep attracting these crazy people, you know, or I keep, you know, attracting this, this or that. And, and, and what we really know about it is, is that we keep attracting what we, you know, what we sort of need to work on. It's, you know, it just, it's, it's, it seems like that's the way to go. Now, most of the time, as you know, Nina, and I'm spreading the, spreading, spreading this a little thin, but the work to figure some of this stuff out is hard and sometimes painful. And so um, most times we look for the solutions, all the solutions outside. And, you know, and, and I've, and I've come to the conclusion that for you to get to that next place, sometimes there's something inside that has to heal. You, you can't grow sometimes if you're still hurt and if you don't address that hurt. And so, so sometimes that's where the progression came. It's like, sometimes you have to heal something in order to grow. And in that growth, change can come. And sometimes you can stay stuck, as you know, in the same story, in the same sort of, for a lot of reasons. I mean, some of the reasons are horrific. People are, some people have been hurt so terribly, yet they, you know, they sort of try to circle around that. And it, I, I always used to use the analogy. It's like paving the road with the car still on it. You just can't, you know, it just, it just well, doesn't work. And I, I think a lot of times we try to bypass uncomfortable. Right. Right. Not only personally, but professionally. So 
let's let's expand this concept because I also think that in corporate America or you know corporations across the world, businesses across the world, we are dealing with huge challenges. We're somewhat coming out of a pandemic. We've got uh, challenges with goods and services being delivered. There's a lot of businesses being impacted, not only with the mechanics of business, but also the emotional and cultural side of business. So can we take this same philosophy, given the fact that you work in businesses and you're a mediator, you know, helping to resolve this type of conflict? How can we take that same concept, heal, grow and change in corporate America or businesses, because here's what I've seen a lot during the pandemic. You've got to pivot. You've got to pivot. You've got to pivot. So people quickly move to a new space without thinking about the consequences of the choices you're making. So how do we address that? Well, the first thing is you, you have to look at what the pain, what the pain is telling you. And, and, and a lot of times people don't want to do that. They just want to get, they just want to, you know, when we're in pain, what is the first thing we want to do? We want to take a, you know, we have a headache. We're going to take it. We're going to take an Advil, right? We we're we're in a painful situation or relationship. What do we do? I mean, some people are willing to fight and some people are like, just get me out of this. Right. And it's, it's the same thing in business. The first thing we need to do is slow down, which, and, and that's <laughs> the part about change. That's the part about change that, that is so countercultural right now, which Everything in our lives is moving at a hundred miles an hour, right? Yeah. Right. And so, so whenever I am, I will just tell you, whenever I, you know, start working with a client and I want to slow them down, they're like, wait, I'm in pain. I want to get out of this. Right. And I'm like, let's look at what this is. What is this really telling us? Like, what is this pain? What is this problem telling us? What is it giving us? Yes. We, we probably are going to have to pivot maybe. But let's look at, first of all, what it's here to tell us. Right. Uh, And, you know, and and so you can get a lot of resistance. But again, if you stop and you look, you know, it'll tell you something. It might tell you that you weren't paying attention and you should have. It might tell you that I'm, you know, when I have clients that have a revolving door with, you know, with employees because they can't keep, you know, what is it? What are those? What is it telling you? Oh, it's, you know, it's like it's like a relationship you know, like a love relationship. Oh, you know, I just got, I just keep hiring the wrong people, you know, as opposed to, okay, let's look at what your process is. Let's look at why people leave. You know, what is it that you're offering them? What is the culture like? What are those things? And, and so if you're at least willing to look at those things and understand like what your part is, I always like to, to, to uh, quote Marianne Williamson. I'll never forget this as long as I live. In fact, I, I wrote about it in the book. Um, I was listening to her do a lecture. You may have been there with me, Mina, like 20 <laughs> years ago. And I, I, I'll never forget it. She, there was a woman there that was going on and on about her boyfriend and how all these things were, he was doing were, was terrible. And and so Marianne stops her and says, OK, well, look, even if it's 95 percent his fault, can you tell me about your 5 percent? And immediately the woman pivoted and like completely went on a rant, like a rant again about the guy, never about her part. And, and Marianne let her go on for about 15 seconds and then just stopped her. And it was like, there was like a couple hundred people in the audience and everything. Everybody just started to giggle. Right. Cause everybody sort of knew what was happening. Yeah. And Marianne and, and, you know, and what Marianne did was a great lesson, which was, she said, even if the what's in front of you 
you know, the other person's responsible or the situation responsible, whatever you have in front of you, even if it's 95% them and 5% you, you have to understand what your 5% is because she says, I've seen that 5% be way more impactful for the people who are going through that than the 95% of the other things that are going on. And, well, and, so, and also you can't, you can't affect somebody else. You can only change your part in it. And I, if I was sure. on, I probably was at that uh, lecture with you because I use that concept alone. Cause I get that a lot with my clients. They'll say, you know, and them and them and them, whether it's their, right. their business or it's right. their personal life. And I said, well, let's focus on the 10% that you, <laughs> cause that's right. the only part we can impact. Right. 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 And so, so one of the things Nina, that's essential and, you know, is is acceptance and 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 I know that's sort of paint with a bat you know with a brush but foundationally it's one of the reasons I start off um, the book with um, with acceptance because and when I mean acceptance I want to qualify acceptance does not mean agreement okay and so and I want people to know that right it's very very important they understand that so many situations I go into we you know where things happen, bad things happen, things have happened, things have been happening for years, things continue to happen. Yet people sort of, you know, they just can't accept it, you know, whether it's politically or, you know, whatever it is, it, it doesn't matter what the situation is. So, so as long as you're living in a, in a, in a mind where you can accept, you can't accept a situation for what it is, there's no way you're going to able be able to, to process it and get where you need to go. So, so it's a hard concept in a sense to get people to understand, look, what I'm telling you to accept is it's happened already, right? Um, I'm not saying you should agree with it. I think it's terrible just like you do, but you need to accept it. The reason you want to accept it is this. If you can't, it is going to blind you to everything else. That means you're sort of stuck in your anger. You're stuck in your fear. It's it's just going to, it's going to block you. And, you know, so many of us, Nina, we just want it to be what it's not. Like we're, that's, you know, sort of the, well, or we know. do the spiritual bypass and we don't really accept what is we're going towards, oh, I want it to look nice and pretty. And you and I both know that if you open the closet in of your emotional self or your right. mindset self, and it's a yeah. bunch of boxes and it's all clutter and it's stinky in there, it doesn't matter how much perfume or air freshener you put in that darn closet. It's not going to clean it out. <laughs> right. right. And, and, you know, and, and to do the work, to look at ourselves, to take the time to slow down, all of those things people, you know, sort of see as I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. Uh, I think a lot of the sort of um, our, and when you and I have talked about this, the self-help movement, you know, has sort of failed people here and there along the way, which is, you know, you don't have to, you just have to forget that that happened and move over, like just pave over it. And, and there's there's some, you know, there's some good stuff out there that sort of you could do that with. But but if you if you've been hurt and you lack the ability to trust and you don't, you know, and you don't really sort of you're not addressing that, it's going to permeate every part of your life. And and so if you don't take the time to do the work to sort of uncover that, then um, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. And 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 so um, the book has is it is is written to sort of meet people, it's written um, very uh, practically. Um, and then, and also uh, just want to say a little bit about the spiritual side of it, right? Which is, 
you know, a lot of things happen um, in our lives that we can't explain. There are things that things, you know, I, I've been I've spent over a million dollars in my life on seminars and books and self-help. You know, I've been, as you know, you the same way, right? We've been around the world with this stuff. And a lot of times there just aren't answers for things that happen. Right. There just aren't. There aren't. There, oh, there isn't aren't. there A plus B equals C and everything in life? I wish there was. No, right. No, there, there really isn't. And, and 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 so, you know, that part for me, like. That part sort of failed me a little bit. I mean, it got me so far, but and, and it's, I learned a lot. I mean, I learned a whole bunch. Um, but what I really learned is about the spiritual side of the book. And that's really, you know, super important. My faith is a huge part of the book. Um, I start every every chapter with um, with a Bible verse, and and one of the things that's really cool that I discovered not until I wrote the you know book, but um, and I, I I I study the Bible every day. But one of the things I decided was okay. So I'm, if I'm going to put something in here, like if I want to if I want to um, you know head head the chapter on um, on forgiveness. Okay, so I type you know. Bible forgiveness, and I get 15 verses, right? If I, um, if I want to type something for letting go, right? In the Bible, find something for letting go. Almost everything that you could think of where that's sort of like a resistance or anything that you need to sort of think about, there is word in the Bible for. So, so let I, me, so let me ask you a question though, with this, mm-hmm. is, is this geared towards somebody that is spiritual or geared towards somebody that's Christian and Bible based? Cause I think that's also important for the people that so, are uh, reading this book as well. So, so I, I write in the beginning of the book, just a little bit about the invitation, Nina, because if you're, what if you're an atheist, right. And you say, well, you know, that sounds a little bit too Christian for me, right? The book is written pra- it's written in a very practical way. So, and and what I would say to somebody who is atheist is, you know, if you're taking a position of atheism, okay, that must mean you think there's something else on the other side because taking a position of atheism is a pretty right. It's a it's a position, right? So why take a position at all if you don't think there's God, right? Then why take the position at all? I I write in the beginning of the book. These, these chapters, because I think what's really important in any kind of a change is to slow down. And I think that these, you know, the, each each section or in the book or chapter in the book invites you to slow down and just to absorb what you're going to absorb. Because, look, some of the questions are heavy. Some of the stuff you're going to be diving through is going to it's going to take some it's not going to be a, like a five minute. I don't care how smart you are. If you're fighting your stuff you're, you know, you need to, you're going to need to be able to slow down. Mm -hmm. And so the, so the beginning is, is, is I say that it's meant to do that. It's meant to have you meditate for, for a minute or two. So are you Um, saying it, it it doesn't, because I think that's the key is that what I'm hearing you say is that the book itself isn't geared towards a religion. It just happens to be your spirituality that you're sharing. And even if it's the Bible verse that you're giving somebody, that's still applicable, whether you read the Bible or not, whether you're Christian or not, whether you're Jewish, atheist, or Zen, whatever your spirituality is or isn't, it's not, it's really designed to get you to think versus geared towards a specific, uh, you know, modality, I should say, you know, or spirituality. there, Nina, there's always an invitation. Like, you know, you know me, like 
my life is like the international house of pancakes. Like I have, <laughs> you know, I have, I have, I'm Catholic. I'm a practicing Catholic. My best friends in the world are Jewish. Um, I have people, you know, I have people from all walks of life. Right. And I've been privileged to, you know, to be at, I have nephews that I've been to Brisbane. I've been to Israel uh, in Masada for, you know, for my nephew's bar mitzvah. I've, I, I, you know, it's an imitation. There's an imitation for sure. There's an imitation to opening. That's what the book is about too, right? Is about when you're, you know, anytime we're writing or we're entering into something, there's an imitation. Change is an imitation, right? However you want to see it. So, so I encourage the reader to just be open. I'm not trying to steer anybody to Catholicism or Christianity. I'm asking them to open to, to all possibilities for their benefit, not, yeah. not for mine. Well, right? I also think that, you know, spirituality, if you look at it as just even if you are not uh, religious or spiritual in nature, look at right. it as purpose driven. So the purpose sure. and and the spirituality is sometimes looking deeper with inside yourself. And so I think that's sure. the invitation is to start asking yourself these questions. So why do you think we have such a difficult time at changing intentionally? Because there's change all around us. It's happening at a, a rapid pace sure. and we're all trying to catch up with just the changes that are being uh, upon us, let alone the ones that are intentional. So why the why the resistance a lot of times? The the first and biggest thing is because we're probably going to have to say no to ourselves or to some to other people. I actually have something I call the no diet, and I even talked about it in my last book. But um, but one of the things you know, any change that's going to matter is going to require saying no, and we're in a we're in a you know. We're in such a society now where nobody wants to say no to anything, right? Yeah, I we mean, have so many options, you know, why say right, no? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wh one of the reasons why our parents' time was called the greatest generation was because they really understood sacrifice and they understood no to a fault, right? Because of circumstances, you know, my my mom and dad grew up in my, you know, my dad was born in 29. He grew up in the middle of the depression, my my grandfather died when he was 10. My grandmother, they were Italian immigrants. You know, my father was 10. My grandmother had seven kids in the middle of the depression and, you know, with seven children to feed and she didn't even speak English. Like she got a phone call from the hospital saying, Hey, your husband, they didn't have a phone. The neighbor like screamed across the, you know, <laughs> and, and so I, I, when I, when I listen to my father's stories or I see, you know, my father's a guy that doesn't throw anything away or like we, you know, we never replaced anything we we fixed everything right what because they they just learned how to say they had a, they had a discipline and and you know some to a fault but but um but nobody wants to say no you know nobody yeah. and, and that's sort of the, the biggest hurdle which is you know is dealing with that right well i think also being able to say no and then understanding what do you want to say yes to because that's also sure. sometimes it's scary to say no if you don't know what your your yes is right and getting clear right. about I mean, what that is right and 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 that's the thing nina it's like uh i think i i might have had uh, um shores uh that i don't know if you remember shore slocum mm -hmm. yeah. Remember? yeah 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 and so yeah, 15 years ago, I heard him speak and he, he said, you know, if you if you if you can't say no, then you're you're not going to be able to get to the yes. And and 
And, and, and the reason I wrote so much about it is so many of the businesses that I work with, so many of the leaders said, David, I just can't say no. I just can't say no. I can't say no. And now that I really want to say yes, I can't because I couldn't say no. I was afraid mm-hmm. to fire the person. I was afraid to, to take this risk. I was afraid to say no to my wife. I was afraid to say no to my husband and my children. I was, you know, I would, and, and, and now when I really need to be able to say yes, because my kids want me to retire or my wife wants me to retire and I'm 200,000 in debt and I'm, you know, and I'm 68 and I hate this business because I wasn't able to, you know, say no, you know, I can't say yes. And I, you know, I mean, so I hear those, those, those stories so much and, so we have to look at like, what is our relationship with the word? No. Why do we not want to, right? Why do we, why is no so painful? I mean, well, look, we... I, 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 I love what you're saying here. Cause one of the things I I'm, I'm going through my own mind right now, there's a couple of things that I have to be willing to say, make a decision on. And if I make that decision, that means there's a no on certain things that I like right now, but long-term it may not get me to where I want to go, which is what you're talking about in terms of this business guy that says, oh my gosh, I want to retire and I can't because I didn't say no. So that's a really critical one because we're also very much in a yes society, a quick fix society. And I want it now, all now, and I'll deal with it now and forget about tomorrow. But tomorrow given what your parents' generation was, they know firsthand, if I don't think about tomorrow, there may not be a great today. And so that's, we kind of lost sight of that because we're just consuming and consuming and consuming and more and more and more. And then are we really happy, you know? Well, I, I, you know, I think Nina, when you, if you, if you go through a cycle, which I have, which I, you know, I went from a cycle of, you know, I grew up very blue collar, worked hard, had some amazing success. And, and then I didn't, and then I fell off. Like if you sort of go up and down, you sort of understand, you know, how things sort of go. And, um, and then the other part is what you, what you see, um, I think, uh, like in the world now, like, I, I I don't have my own children, but I'm I'm an Uncle David to a bunch of them, and <laughs> and you know and and I see how these kids are struggling now. Like I mean, that's a huge issue, right? My I can't tell you how many times they're saying to me, you know, I I can't say no, I can't say no, I can't say no, and the, and the kids are sort of ruling the roost, and you know they say to me, David, you don't understand because you don't have kids, and I go, no, I really don't, but but when I say no to the kids they still love me. Like they, you know, there's like, you know what I mean? And, and so that's the other part about change that I think is sort of um, really important on the, you know, the book, the book isn't about parenting, but, but if you sort of look at the, the, the principles of like how we're dealing with things at home and how people are so afraid to, you know, to, to say what they really need to say or to, you know, or to take that action and, you know, and say no to their children um, say, you know, and, and, and then to see when they don't say no, you know, I, I'm on the other side of that now where I hear the stories from employers, right. You know, I'm hearing this, uh, yeah, I hired this kid, he's, you know, 25 years old, really bright kid. Um, and I, the day, the day he was starting, his mother called and said, he decided not to take the job. His mother called <laughs> his mother called. I mean, I hear that Nina yeah. 
all the time now, right? Yeah. Like what you hear this ghosting stuff, you know, what is it? The, you know, the hiring thing where people yeah. are, you know, are getting ghosted or also what I'm getting too in the business uh, generational kind of business gap that, that happens between the yeah. generations is that um, because there's so much on their text, 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 they're yeah. not learning how to verbally communicate let True. alone written communication, but the verbal communication and particularly with this hybrid remote environment, hey, you know what? I'll get it to you when I get it to you. Who says I have to communicate? I didn't, I don't know that I have to communicate because I never really was taught to communicate yeah. because my, you know, in business, you're not necessarily texting, right? Yeah. So that's a big one. So, so go ahead, David. No, I was just going to say one thing about that. And I, and I feel for these kids because I feel like we as our generation has sort of failed them because they're not, you know, I know we hear there's a lot about entitlement. Oh, the kids are entitled, but I feel like we really have failed them. And, you know, because they're not prepared, you know, they're just, they're just unprepared. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for them. They're really unprepared. They're just not prepared to deal with the pressures. Like, you know, like, like we are. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that there's so much compared to when we were getting into the workforce, uh, yeah. I didn't have a lot of distractions, really and truly. Back right. in the day, when I was a sales executive, if I wanted a contract signed, I either had to send it snail mail or actually take it out to the client themselves and have them sign it. Think right. about my energy. It got to recalibrate on its own because I didn't have all these distractions coming at me. Today, whether you're a young person starting out or you're in the midst of retirement, there's just too much coming at us that we don't even take these this time to to think about things. Yeah. And I think that's why I wanted for a business inspired segment to look at more of an integrated approach. If your business needs to scale, if your business is you're looking at your exit strategy, if you're looking at expansion or hiring, which is what you were talking about, or performance management, or even yeah. culture, right. take a book like this and apply it not only to yourself, but then take it to your team. I would imagine heal, grow, change is something that a business can do from the inside out, not just the individual. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Nina, some of the communication parts of the book that we I talk about, um, you know, you you've been in these meetings, right, where you're in a meeting with, you know, eight or 10 people and staff. And, you know, there's a directive that comes, you know, from the from maybe the, the guy who owns the place or the lady who's running the law firm or whatever. And I'm looking around and I'm and, you know, and so what do I do? I encourage them to uh, use active listening, right, just to see if people are, you know, getting what they're delivering. Right. And how many times they can't remember what was said. They can't, you know, there's a cell phone on every, you know, in front of everybody. Um, they're not present. And you, you can blame the people who are, you know, can say, well, they're boring and it's just another meeting, blah, blah, blah. But but it's these distractions are, like you said, are such a big part now of our culture that, um, you know, it's it really it's really become sort of critical. So you. We have to address those things in what I would say in a pretty aggressive way, which is like when I'm when we're in a, a meeting room, I tell everybody your phones are off like you. You know, you're here. You need to be present to what's going on here. Like yeah. I mean, unless you're unless you're, you know, somebody's pregnant or somebody's, you know, life or death situation, life I think or death situation, you need to be here. 
I mean, and you know, well, I think that's a really big thing in terms of his, uh, attention spans and regards to being distracted, yeah. and it doesn't allow you to be fully present. I think you could just take that same concept with meetings, heal, grow, change, because most meetings that I coach people through, they do not know or um, run effective meetings. They go longer, they right. go off topic, people are distracted, etc. And right. so you could take that process and actually and actually use it. So David, as a last question for you, uh, or actually two questions, but the last question I have for you in regards to your book, yeah. what's the main message you want people to get out of this book? That they need to, if they really want the answers to some of the problems, they just have to be able to look on the inside and they have to be willing to do the work, you know, it, and that's different for everybody, Nina. Like there's, as you know, it's not a one size fits all thing, but there's so many, there's so much in the world, so much distraction in the world. And like everyone, we all look for the answers outside first. I'll go to my grave saying, you know, you, you really, if you, if you really want to know what you're fighting and, and, uh, you need to look on the inside. However, however, whether it's this book or something else, whether you're working with somebody like, you know, you as a coach or, um, or you as a coach <laughs> yeah, or myself as a coach, uh, right. Um, I just encourage people to take that risk, even though it's not easy, even though sometimes, as you know, Nina, like, you know, it gets harder before it gets easier and, and, and don't, and not to quit. Right. I mean, and that's, and so, um, but the book is written in a way too, that that's why I'll say, take a pause, do this piece, answer these questions, do the process, and then chew on it for a day or two, right? See, see what comes, discuss it with, with your people, you know, use the, you can use all the exercises in here. You can use with your staff, right? That's great. Like if we, I will be instituting as I get out and expand this. I'm going to be instituting a lot of these processes. I mean, I do it now, but I do it sort of more on a one-on-one -on -one basis. But, you know, th these are ways you can, you can clean up your culture. You can create culture. These are ways you can address the issues of separation. That's the other part, right? We're, you're saying, you know, what do these big companies do? How do they keep people? They have to create cultures that people want to be in. And it means they're going to be uncomfortable. They're going to be, you know, the people that are our age and older, Nina, who own these companies, they're struggling every week because they they just, you know, they get negative about the kids don't want to come to work. They want too much money. They don't want to climb the ladder. You know, you hear sort of all the complaints, but it's sort of what I said before. This is who this is where we are. We have to accept that and figure out the best way to move forward. And, you know, I love that because I think, you know, one of the things that I think that if you can do that process that you're talking about, I always believe that every generation has something to bring to the party. Sure. And so, you know, one generation, uh, if I look at the, at the, you know, far, far, you know, uh, uh, mature generation, which is the baby boomer versus the Z. And I think there's another one coming up before Z now that's coming up. And so when you look at these generational gaps, the young generation can bring ideas, innovation, out-of-the-box thinking if you inspire that space. But if yeah. I want, as a baby boomer, to make that uh, you know, younger generation be me, they grew yeah. up with a very different set of patterns, beliefs, and values 
But if you if you have a strong value system within the company operating principle, then each person can bring their values, but a different style to it. Then we're not negating sure. each other. At least that's my belief, you know, in, in regards Nina, to. You hit culture. the nail right on the head. And, and just lastly about, about trust, right? Like, you know, you, you know, it was during our parents' time when they were younger, the big corporations made promises. My dad, Worked for Ford Motor Company. And for, you got pensions. You got all right, this stuff, right? Right, right. Worked for one you know, company. <laughs> worked for one company. He stayed there. He got a pension. You know, they made they made good on his promise, but a lot of companies didn't, right? And a lot of, you know, there's a lot of buyouts and people losing things. And, you know, it really is a sort of an erosion of trust in this country. And that's the other part we're fighting now is, you know, nobody knows what to trust on the political side. You know, there's so much on, you know, with the pandemic. Who do we believe? These are all things we're fighting. And those all go into the pot, if you will, of <laughs> right, of dealing yeah. with of being an employer, of being in a relationship, of parenting, right? Of um of everything of ed- in life, right? I mean, it applies to everything. And that's why, you know, he'll grow change. You know, we're talking about it as it relates to business because that's predominantly where you coach, but this applies in life. If you apply these principles you know, take the Marianne Williamson, what is the 5% that yours? And you start working on that as a, as a team member, bring it to the team and each team member has got a strong eye. Then you become a stronger we, but without that eye, there is no we, (laughs) you know? Right. I mean, and, and, you know, Nina, it's, uh, you know, what I'm proposing obviously is, as you know, is not easy. Simple, but not easy. Yeah. Right, right, right. Very yeah. much. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And and then sort of and then just sort of making it stick, right? If if there are things in your life um that aren't working and you, you know, I, I think we can behave well or we can diet for a while, or we can, you know, we can maybe be nice to our employees for a little while and then all of a sudden you see the behavior start to, you know, start to regress, <laughs> exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so last question. Yeah. What inspires you in business? Really what inspires me, honestly, Nina is, is the problem solving. Like I, I'm a, I'm a junkie for problem solving. An organization that's running tight is, you know, it's cool to look at it and understand why it's working so well. You know, as we've talked about before, right, we, you know, one of the things we we want to look at is what's working well, right? We always look at, you know, the negative, but what's working well and why, right? Why does it work well at home or, you know, as opposed to working, you know, or why is it, why is he a nice guy at work, but when he comes home, not so nice, right? <laughs> or, right. Or w- whatever that is. But, but to me, it's, I love the problem solving. I love being able to see what other people don't see. Love but it. I also realize it's sort of a self, like I want people to see what they need to see to help them. Right. It's not, it's not like I, I would, you know, how many times did you walk out of a coaching session Nina, and go, how could they not see that? Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, it's, it's sometimes, but you know, it happens with all of us because we, you know, we're living in our brains and our worlds all day long. Right. And sometimes it's hard to see what sure. an external person can see. It's, specifically if you're a really good coach and you are. So one of the things that I love about what you're saying, David, 
and I've seen you in action is you get under that hood. And the, I think the key here is don't be afraid of getting under the hood because that's really where the jewels are. That's where you're going to find your answers. Yeah. You're not going to find your answers on the surface, especially yeah. if you keep on having the same pattern happening over and over and over again. Yeah. So I think that's really, really powerful. How can they find you? Yeah, so this is how you can find me. Um, you can go to my website at dgmediate.com or you can email me at dgmediate at gmail.com. Okay, and we're going to put that on the screen so you can see it, so you can know, and that's where they can also get the book as well? Yeah, absolutely, or or just go to Amazon. Um, go to Amazon. Um, it will be offered, hopefully, in other, I know a lot of people are sort of, you know, sort of have an interesting relationship with Amazon. Um, but right now that's, that's primarily, that's or you can to... email me and I will be glad to, to send it to you. All right. So the book is called Heal, Grow, Change. And change only happens, real change from the inside out. So thank you, David Giuliano, for being on the show today, Business Inspired. Thank you for all your wisdom. And let's hope that we can all heal grow and change. Thank you, Nina. All right. I'm Nina Bosky, and this has been Life Bites Business Inspired. And until next time, remember to take a bite out of life before life takes a bite out of you.